Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us again. And welcome to episode three, CRA. Which stands for Concrete Representational Abstract, and we will get into that in a moment. We are recording this in June of 2020. And the first thing I wanted to do was go back to episode two. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do. It's about number talks. We were reflecting a little bit after we recorded our podcast, and let's share with them what we yeah. what we remembered. One one thing that we definitely remembered was that that, or I de- definitely remembered was that that first number talk actually lasted 45 minutes but I think it was around minute 30 that I was panicked and that's when I I reached for my phone but we continued to talk about it another 15 minutes because I thought well let's just keep going and see where it takes us so just know that the first number talk that you'll do probably the first few number talks right you do will not go as planned now though Mm -hmm. my number talks are are much are much better right but still even at the beginning of the school year it still does take a while because Absolutely. I want to teach them all the ins and outs of it and, and for them to get into the routine of it exactly at the beginning of each number talk I now set my phone's timer for five minutes Ditto. and that way I know that after five minutes I need to start wrapping it up that's so funny and- I do the same yep <laughs> and my goal is always to have three students share their strategies there's something about three that's such a good number. It's the magic number. It is. <laughs> Having three students share usually does take between that five to eight minutes, mm-hmm. which is as long as I want to do the number talks. Mm-hmm. And I don't do number talks every day either. I do them maybe three times a week. Right. That's the minimum that we want to go for. I don't even think we said that on the last podcast. No. So thanks for sharing that tip with us. No problem. So let's get into today's episode about CRA. CRA. Let's start with a definition. CRA, the C stands for concrete. The R can also be, it's also been depicted as a P in Mm -hmm. other models. The R stands for representational, or it could be pictorial. Pictorial. Right. And the A is abstract. Which is all the numbers, and that's how we learned math, just by using symbols. Right. So concrete really means using manipulatives, using the hands-on, anything that the kids can move and touch. And it could be the real item, or it could be a representation of the item. And it could even be like popsicle sticks. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be a math manipulative. Exactly. It could be whatever... Cheerios. Right. Whatever you... Cheez-Its for area. (laughs) That's right. Whatever you want to use that will give them that hands-on experience. Exactly. Then the representational or pictorial is exactly that, right? You're moving into a picture of the model that you created. So some kind of visual model, visual representation of the concrete. And abstract just moves you into numbers, the actual numbers. And that's how we learned, right? We didn't have the concrete or the representational. We just always went right to the abstract. And as teachers, we've now learned. We know better. Yep. Uh, So we do better. We do better. We teach now with the concrete 
the representational and the abstract. And we go in and out of them. We flow in and out. Exactly. So one thing that Christina Tonnevold shares on her site, and I will put the link, we'll put that link into the show notes, is that the concrete representational abstract, she has it in this Venn, triple Venn diagram where they all overlap, and she calls that middle spot the sweet spot mm. because that's where we really want our kids to live whenever they're learning something. Yeah. We want them to be able to to have that hands-on experience and make a visual model and connect it to the abstract, the symbols, all at the same time. It's not like you do, oh, today we're going to do the concrete, and tomorrow we're going to do the representational, which back when I first was learning about this, I thought that that's what it meant. Like spend a whole day in the concrete and then spend a whole day for the kids to make the connections. That's so hard now that I'm thinking back to what I was first doing when I was first doing it. Right. And it's like anything else. If you want to learn something new, you have to have that experience. You know, if you're thinking about learning golf, and that was in my head because (laughs) Matthew, my husband, and my son, Brody, they just went to play golf so it's fresh in my head but if you're learning how to play golf you might read about golf clubs and golf mm-hmm. balls and which ones do best for this situation and that's it I'm not a golfer as you can tell um well I'm know. just gonna call Elise and she's gonna bring me out onto the <laughs> right the so green Ooh, I said it right <laughs> aren't you proud of me Elise <laughs> We can read all about it, but if you don't experience it mm-hmm. and try it and touch it and feel it. You're and, not going to learn it yourself. Right. So that's the whole point. We want students to to touch it and feel it and experience mm-hmm. and own their learning so that they internalize it. When we were doing research for this episode, we came across Jerome Bruner, who was one of the educational theorists that I learned about when I was in college. He was very much into the discovery method for kids to learn. And I know that in the Singapore math method, they adopted the CRA approach, that that's one part of their instructional framework. And I'm wondering if, because I don't know a lot about the Montessori method, but I'm wondering if Maria Montessori also use this approach. So that's something that I want to dive into as a learner. Right. So we and were what we were thinking if if the listeners out there, if you know more information and would like to share it with us, we'd love to learn. If yes. you have come across where this all started, one thing that I did, we did find was that it may have also started as a intervention. Yes. For students with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And now we know as teachers that anything that's good, a good instructional approach for learning disabled kids or ELL kids is good for all kids. Absolutely. So why wouldn't we want to be doing this? Let's share some of our own classroom experiences with the CRA approach. Absolutely. When I think about CRA, I actually thought of decimals. Mm and using the base 10 blocks. Base 10 blocks. And we know that in fifth grade, actually so many of the things that the kids have learned um, change in fifth grade. There's something about fifth grade that everything kind of goes out, like everything is new. It's flipped on its Every, head. Right, everything well, is flipped. Even what the base 10 blocks symbolize or represent to them. Right. Because they have grown up hearing from their first, second, third, fourth grade teachers that the small cube stands for one and the rod is always 10, and the flat is always 100. And then we come out and say, well, guess what? Today, that flat is going to represent one. Right. And that this is just a model, and it really can represent whatever you want it to. (laughs) It's the relationship between 
the flat and the rod that's important. The Correct. fact that it's 10 times greater, greater or less. Right. Exactly. And not what it actually represents. Yes. All these models kind of get flipped in fifth grade. Yep. And, and I, I always like make that like explosion sound <laughs> the when I blown. when I introduce it to kids because it is it's it's it and I didn't learn it this way nope and it's fascinating to me Absolutely. that's why I love teaching fifth grade it's fascinating to me that now we're representing different things should we tell our audience that sometimes we bring base 10 blocks to a restaurant and we sit in a booth for hours so that's an interesting point that you bring up Laura because I I really I I want teachers to know that in order to teach anything well, you have to experience it yourself. Which is what we said earlier right. in this episode. You have to actually do it. When we're when I was learning to teach fifth grade, I like Laura said, we talked <laughs> we took the manipulatives out and we did it and we experienced it like a fifth grader would experience it. Yep. And I think it's really important to learn it yourself first before you teach it. Yes. Which, hmm, maybe that's a little hint to the challenge that's going to come up later on. So, so let's go back to your classroom experience. Yeah. So you were sharing about decimals. Decimals. And decimals, we know that those are really important. But, you know, actually, when we talked about CRA, that wasn't even the first thing that came to mind. The first was using tiles to multiply mixed numbers. So you're saying the color tiles, the that color one by tiles. one inch color tiles that we all have in our classrooms or closets that we need to break out. Take them out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because when you use those, what, what we're trying to do from the concrete stage, the kids can now build these arrays. They really mm -hmm. are arrays. And then area, mm -hmm. we move them into area that are no longer, the one tile is no longer an length, area of right, one not an area of one and no longer one by one mm -hmm. instead now it has a length with, with a fraction unit oh so for an example if i'm multiplying three and one third times one and two thirds Ooh. one way to do that is to change those numbers into an Im improper fraction or a fraction, fraction greater, greater than, than one, one. <laughs> Um, we can change that to a fraction greater than one and then multiply. But how do you show the kids that that, you know, that's the end goal. Mm -hmm. That's the abstract. How do we get them there? What I do in my class, we will take those tiles and we'll rename those side lengths, length and width, to now be one third by one third, Ooh. where the area is no longer one, but right, explosion, it's one, one ninth. ninth. <laughs> So now the area is less than the length of the sides, mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? Yes. That's that's a hard concept. Even as an adult, I have to go back and like <laughs> relearn that and see it again visually yes. before I teach it because it's it's it doesn't like make sense, right? Right. But if if the teachers are just teaching a procedure or a trick and they say, oh. If you multiply a fraction by a fraction, the fraction, your answer is going to be smaller. The product's going to be smaller than what you started with without them having any concrete right. models or visual models with right. it. Right. It won't make sense. Once we've experienced the tiles, mm -hmm. we'll move into a grid okay. where they're actually drawing the area using grid paper. Or graph paper, whatever or you want to call it. Mm -hmm. and Next, with the abstract, now we can actually see that that three and one third was really 10 tiles, so 10 thirds. Mm. So we're actually going back to third grade standards where they say 
the unit fraction. So it's 10 one-third size right. lengths. Right. Right? Using the tiles, I've seen the kids understand it so much better. I love that moment where they'll ask me, wait, this picture or this model doesn't show me a key. I don't know mm. what the sides represent. That's such a big moment yes. uh, in the classroom. And I love when they when they ask for it, when they get to that point where they know, they now understand that the model can represent different things yes. and they need more information. I love how you actually used fractions as your example because I have found in the past 28 years that fractions, under the understanding of fractions is the big dividing line of whether or not kids understand higher math. Yeah. One that I absolutely love using CRA is with volume. I break out the connecting cubes and they have to build rectangular prism that I ask them to build. And it gets them away from, oh, it's just length times width times height. Because again, that means nothing, especially when we get to those combined figures. Yes. Right? Where they have to chop it. Well, if they have no experience of, quote, chopping or dividing the combined figures into two separate figures, what's the point? Right. I mean, really? So they get to build it, they get to draw it, they get to write it, which I don't think I shared. I have my, a five part mantra to my classroom it's build, draw, write think and talk Ooh. and it's not me doing the thinking and it's not me doing the talking it's the kids doing the kids. all five of those parts after they build it then they get to draw it now drawing three-dimensionally that's super fun right <laughs> <laughs> and they're like how do i make a cube and that's where a lot of our art teachers come in to play because Kids that have had art teachers, that the kids have had those experiences of drawing three-dimensional objects, it's so easy for them to, right. to go from the concrete to the visual. And then we label it all with the abstract numbers. So that's, that's my classroom experience was with volume. On Graham Fletcher's website, he has five videos that he demonstrates the progression of various grade levels or within a grade level. Different topics. Different topics, different concepts. And they're great examples of the CRA model in action. Right. And I don't even know if he meant to to do it like that. Right. But that's how we kind of have interpreted it. Right. So the five videos are, there's an early number and counting. Which um, is great for parents of young kids to yes. watch even. Even if you're not a teacher, I would highly recommend watching that one. Yeah. And after watching it, I'm, I know I'm going to try some things with my kindergartner at home. Yep. Uh, there's a, one on addition and subtraction. There's a progression of multiplication. There's a progression of division. And then there's a fraction one. And all of them are are so amazing so powerful and they're under eight minutes each so really if you just want to you know learn more about just the progression of multiplication it's about about seven and a half minutes yeah it's very powerful they're very, very powerful. powerful videos all right laura so i think we're ready for the challenge today again this is going to be a two-part challenge the first challenge we're going to issue you is to watch one of those progression videos depending on what grade level you work with and this really does focus mo you know it does focus on elementary mm -hmm. however if you're a middle or high school teacher please please pick one of them even the multiplication or division or fraction one so that you can see where kids are going to be coming from yeah right because it's always good to know where they came from and where they're going and let's be real I'm sure middle school teachers have students that are still working at an elementary level so we want you to watch one of those progression videos 
And the second part of the challenge is take one of those lessons that you always just do abstractly and put in concrete and representational models. Yep. Can't wait to see those revisions. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us again. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.